You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Man, it is just getting more crazy by the day. How you doing today, Bruce? Healthy live. Yeah. Doing well. You know, before we get started here, uh, I wanted to bring this up, and I don't know, he's probably going to be mad at me for bringing this up, but uh, I talked to Marty today, and the poor guy is down in the hospital, and uh, he was going to be with us tomorrow, uh, but unfortunately, we're not going to have him. We're, we're hoping that uh, we get him back next week. Um, so, and I know you're going to listen to this, so Marty, you make yourself, make yourself as comfortable as humanly possible, and get well soon, and we're all wishing and praying that you get back as soon as possible. So, um, Agreed. Yeah. Speedy recovery. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of, and by the way, he's not in the hospital for COVID. So that's, I mean, that's, that's a good thing. He's not in the hospital for COVID. So uh, anyway, well, I mean, to, to be fair, he could end up getting COVID. He could end up getting COVID. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, okay. You said you're healthy and alive. You're yes. always healthy and alive. You always start these things with healthy and alive. And that's good, except for when you had COVID, then you weren't healthy and alive. I was alive and you were alive. semi-healthy. Semi-healthy. Yeah. You, but you got over it. You didn't, you didn't die, right? No, this that, that I'm a hologram. See, an artificial oh, hologram. representation right. of. Yeah, are you the? Are you one of those Microsoft yeah. patents that we heard about the other day? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's that's totally what it is. Yeah, I'm assuming that this is for U.S. companies. What we're going to talk about, but I don't put it past European companies for doing exactly this because this is going to be a uniform thing across the board. So this, as far as I'm concerned, like everything else, is coming to a nation and a government near you. So take a listen to this. A company is now going, excuse me, the government is now going to authorize unemployment for you if you're worried about catching COVID from a job, from going to work. So you don't, you don't have to go there now. Now they're going to authorize your unemployment. So hello, universal basic income. We knew they were going to transition to this. We weren't sure how soon it was going to be, but rumor has it is, and I've, I've been seeing a few things here and there that they're going to try and transition slowly to this UBI in probably the next two to four months. And by you telling me this, this is something that's, um, that's really interesting because that is a surefire way to to implement uh, universal basic income. Because look, robotics are coming. We've been talking about that for years around here. Robotics are coming. Automation is coming. Well, it's not coming. It's here. When I said last year, I said, you better be prepared. And of course, not very many people were listening. You better be prepared for massive unemployment. And when I say massive unemployment, I'm not talking about a national thing here, right? Quit thinking in those terms. I'm talking globally, okay? The way that these governments are doing the bidding of these so-called elites, the Davos agenda, what's coming out of Switzerland with Schwab and company, that's where all this is coming from. Make no mistake about it. That's where it's coming from. Automation is coming, and we're looking at possibly upwards of 2 billion people out of work. That's just to start with. That's just them getting warmed up. So they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to do something about this. Uh, they're going to have to do something about uh, giving people some chicken feed. So uh, the uh, well, uh, the uh, the hordes of people don't rise up and uh, take care of the people that have taken everything from them. So, all right, let's let's get into this. What do you got? 
All right. So basically, uh, the executive order guarantees unemployment insurance for those that refuse to go to work. So this is not it's not technically for the people. Let's say I go in and get a job interview and say, "Ah, I'm going to decline the job because COVID. Right. I won't get uh, unemployment, obviously, because I wasn't employed. But let's say you were employed during before uh, during or before the pandemic. Um, If your business was closed or you were furloughed or whatever, and then you're to go back to work, you can refuse to go back to work, citing COVID-19 fears and be given guaranteed unemployment and not just unemployment, but also the unemployment package the government, the federal government is issuing, you know, the extra $600 on top of that. You'll also get that. So, you know, that's a good chunk of money here. Yeah, you know the World Economic Forum is doing their uh, their conference right now, and I was watching a little bit of it yesterday. I was watching uh, Christine Lagarde, the um, uh, president of the uh, European Central Bank, and she was saying, I mean, she, she was saying some things that were correct, and then she was saying some things that were just absolutely unbelievable. And I was ready to throw my monitor out the window. But uh, she said, "Well, if we look at the if we look at overall unemployment in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that bad, uh, lady. I don't know what planet you think you're living on, uh, but here we call it Earth." And we've got a lot of people that are out of work and you're taking everything from them because of your garbage policies. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing she said was, well, we're really not helping matters by, of course, she says unemployment is not that big of a problem. But then in the next sentence, it's like the it's just like European elites to double speak like this. In the next sentence, she says, well, we're not helping matters by incentivizing people not to go to work. So what, hold on a second. There's not an unemployment problem, but yet there is one because you're incentivizing people to stay unemployed. I'm confused here. What is it with the French? What, what is it with the French? Why are they always double speaking like this? It's always like this. I've always said from the start of this thing, cut the 600 a week. We should not have done that in the first place because you're scaring people on top of this. So you're you're forcing people to stay out of work. That's what you're doing. You're paving the way to a UBI. You don't need Bernie Sanders anymore. You know, I talked the other day about Bernie Sanders selling out. Bernie Sanders was made irrelevant by COVID. That's what knocked him out of the race. What do you need Bernie Sanders for when you've got uh, a so-called Republican government that's up there that's giving them everything they need on a silver platter? Yeah, this is the other thing. I don't don't know that people are aware of this. The Republicans, the right-leaning political group, supposedly, but the right-leaning political group in America decides we're going to do a UBI, more or less. So what do you think the left are going to do? The Democrats, who are left of... Republicans. Of course, they're going to give out more money. So they they have to compete, right? And then when the Republicans were like, uh, uh, finally, we were like, okay, we need to slow down on this. We need to get things reopened and everything. Um, instead of, you know, saying $1,200 for money, you know, the $1,200, they said, no, nah, we're only going to give $600. That's that's all you need. There should have been another- of, 600 yeah, for a year for, of being out of work. For a year. Yeah. They should have jumped on board with the 2000 like the, you know, uh, president was wanting done that and then reopened everything. And if you're looking at this from a political game, you know, a, a chessboard, then that should have been the move they 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 did. But Republicans are stupid. And, you know, at least the political ones are. You know, I looked at I the know, uh, yeah. I, and I also I looked what was going on in the. Uh, I mean, we've been watching the UK and we've had, of course, our UK guys on quite a bit during all this and and rightfully so. And we're, we're looking at the fact that they put in a majority conservative. They don't need anyone from the Labour Party or the Liberal Democrats or or any of those anymore. They can do everything they need. And they've pretty much done everything that Labour would have done anyway 
in dealing with this crisis. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Wish we had one of our UK guys in here right now to talk on it. But uh, unfortunately, we don't. But again, you have that agenda that's being put in. So what do you need leftist politics for? You don't. Hell, what do you need right wing politics for? You don't with any of this. I mean, it's just it's lunacy. It's absolute lunacy. All right. You're healthy and alive. People are going to get paid to stay away from work if they're worried about COVID. And they now, th- is this a voluntary thing or is this if the employer lets them go or 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 what? So if basically my understanding of it is if your business was shut down that you were employed at or you were furloughed and you were to go back to work now, you can you can choose to refuse to go back to work when the business opens up again. Wow, that's and incredible. And get unemployment. So it's wow. not it's not the business that's, you know, firing you or furloughing you or any of that. It's you choosing. So basically you it's given the choice to the people. Do you want UBI? Yeah? Okay, here you go. So now you're at the dole of the the federal government. Now the federal government, you know, if those those people that take it, you're at the beck and call of the government. You are now officially willfully a slave of the government. That's ridiculous. And that's what they want. They want you poor. They want you stupid. They want you sick and locked in your house, scared to death. That's what they want. All governments, not just one, not just one. To be very clear, and I know we have a lot of new listeners. We have a lot of new subscribers from different parts of the world, European nations, US, Canada, and and all the rest, and parts of the Eastern Bloc, South America. We got a lot of new South American listeners. Also, we've got some new uh, new listeners in India as well. Welcome to all of you. Thank you all very much. That means a lot to us. We are not just a couple of uh, crazy Americans that sit up here and, and ramble on. Uh, we do have a lot of uh, our foreign correspondents on here as well. We do like to to talk about American politics a lot, yes, but uh, we do like to pay uh, pay our respects to uh, to other Western nations. We talk about we try to keep our conversations well rounded, so we don't just focus on one country or another. But when we discuss the issues that we do talk about, then we like to talk about all nations. So we're not talking about just one because in this ridiculous, crazy time in this world we're living in, we need to look past nations right now. We can deal with all that later. We have to work on this common problem. And the common problem is coming out of Davos, Switzerland. If you want to stay home, you can stay home. Okay. But, but be prepared. If you don't follow the rules at home, then you could have your home broken into. And when I say broken into, you could have your home broken into by the police. Now, this is a story out of the UK. Bruce, you're not going to believe this. A concerned neighbor, a concerned neighbor, called the police and told the police department that there is an unlawful gathering going on in the house that's close to her. And so the police showed up, they kicked the door in. There's video of this. They kicked the door in and they raided the house and they gave everybody that was in that house a 200 pound fine. It says, uh, now this, I'm just quoting the police officer here. He says, we've had a call because you're all here. Obviously you're breaking the COVID rules. We can find every adult here, every single one of you, 200 pounds each it is because you're breaking the rules. Uh, wait. You're breaking the rules? Yes, you're breaking the rules. Rules. Rules, not a law. Rules. Not laws. Not law. Okay. Rules. Okay. Yeah. This get now the chief superintendent made this statement. He says this gathering had people of widely different ages and from different households present. Oh God. Oh. Humanity. Oh, it's just uh, how dare you? How dare you? Gatherings like this can have tragic consequences for all those involved and risk spreading this terrible virus to our loved ones and the wider community. Oh. Please have no doubt. We are determined to deal robustly with those who breach the COVID regulations in this way. And you might ask, what was their crime? What what were they doing? Were they having a were they having a, a you know a, a barbecue? You know, something as criminal as a barbecue. Is that what they were doing? No. No, they weren't. They were having a baby shower. Can you, can you imagine? I mean, the, the amount of people you're gonna kill 
for celebrating the birth of a new life. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. A baby shower, man. I mean, you know, the typically I attended one baby shower before, right? When I was a kid, and I remember the the adults that were there were mostly the of of middle to younger age, right? Which means the younger adult, you know. In other words, those that are less likely to be affected by COVID, right? But it's not it's not them that we're concerned about them dying, right? It's them catching COVID, being asymptomatic and spreading it to someone else that is, I don't know, uh, immunocompromised or elderly or what have you. So instead of protecting those people, you know, having them stay at home and having them quarantine themselves, the rest of society is supposed to quarantine. God, this is what we've been railing against the entire time is why are we quarantining the healthy? Why? Why are we quarantining the ones that are uh, most likely to survive COVID-19? This is never before in human history have we ever done this. That's why no one knows how to fight against it is because it's never been done before. And everyone's being hit with all this propaganda and all this, uh, this psychological stuff simultaneously. They're being hit from all different angles and they can't react to it fast enough because we're instinctively designed to fight a human being coming at us in a military uniform with, with a, a, some type of a weapon. This is a psychological warfare. That's what this is. This is psychological. This is this is all in your head. This is mental. And it's literally mental. And what did I say last year? Do you remember what I said last year about all this? When the lockdowns started and the mandates, the mask mandates and all that stuff started to roll out, I said, if you don't stop this, if you don't stop it now, if people don't wake up now and they don't stop it, I said, you know what's coming next? They're coming into your houses. Here they are. They're coming into your houses. You don't stand up. They're coming into your houses. Do you know where it goes next? They're going to drag you out of your houses. They're going to drag you off somewhere. That's already happening in parts of the world. Hell, they're talking about doing that here. Congratulations. Yeah, you've, congratulations. You've come full circle. You've come full circle. All you do-gooders out there, you've come full circle. You people who think that you're out there doing such good work to protect people, you've come full circle and you've become what you say you despise. You are the fascist of our time. You are the Nazis of our time. That's what you are. If you're for all of this, then that's what you are. Make no mistake about it. Yeah, they've talked about uh, dragging people out of their homes here in the U.S. They, they've, they've ran that idea of basically taking you out and putting you in a quarantine facility. What was it? It was New York, wasn't it? Uh, they were proposing the bill in New York to take you out of your home if you're you know showing signs of sickness or no. or, or even contact suspected with somebody. if you were yeah. suspected they was even worse yeah. than that forget all the all the garbage PCR tests that that are horribly inaccurate forget all that if you were suspected of having covid then they had the right it was like uh, new york's uh, state bill 417 or 416 or something like that yeah something that's, like that that's what it was. It, it, yeah it basically gave them the power to detain you for up to 5 days what, Five days. You can't detain as law enforcement. You cannot detain someone uh, for an extended period like that without charging them with something. You cannot do hours. that. 24 yeah. hours. They got to kick you loose. Yeah. So I don't know where that bill went or if it even passed or. Well, no, no, no. Governor Cuomo wants to open up now. He wants to open up. He's following uh, Gavin Newsom out in California that he wants to open up New York now because isn't, because they have isn't to. Isn't he up for reelection, though? I think I think so. I, I think see. he's. So it looks like, um, yeah, New York is up for re-election. Uh, California is also up for re-election. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So there's, yeah. there's 20 states. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, and of course, Newsom's 20, in the process of being recalled. 36 states, 20 Republican, 16 Democrat. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, but the, the, the recalled, supposedly GP was saying that 
he has to sign off on it basically. So you could go through all the the process to to recall him, but he has to finalize the like he's well, the final say. That doesn't no, but that doesn't make any sense. So you're basically saying that wait a minute, you're going to prosecute me, but I need to make sure that it's okay first. Uh, no, <laughs> that that's not how that works. All right, so Governor Cuomo has followed Newsom in easing the COVID restrictions right after the inauguration. It's amazing how this happens. It makes me wonder if European countries are now going to start to follow the same suit. It makes me wonder. I don't know. Because you've got country. I, it's hard to say because you've got populations over here who are very, very angry. They're not happy. And I'm governments cynical. are... I'm cynical on all this. But my concern is that they're going to reopen. You're going to see the spikes in the cases that just, it's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, the hell with them. I, I understand. And then it, the thing is, this is going to be a spike in influenza, period, not just COVID, uh, because people are going to be around each other again. That just happens. And then they're going to say, we have to shut down again. It's getting out of control. Now, I, I say that, but there, there's a caveat here. California, California, California just had their deadliest day like a week ago. Right. And now they're they're wanting to reopen. Uh what? New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has followed Michigan, Chicago, California and California in pl- announcing plans to ease COVID restrictions prompting many conservatives to allege that the timing is political. Say it's not so. Say, say it's not so. The governor said in a press conference that the situation in relation to new cases and hospitalizations was improving, meaning lockdown measures could be relaxed soon. So basically, they changed the numbers. They messed around with the numbers a little bit to get what they needed to fit their agenda. And now they're going back to normal. Cuomo didn't give further details on what type of restrictions he might loosen or what cluster zones might be eliminated or changed. The rumor I've heard, by the way, is purple. They're going to purple tier. Purple tier. Okay. I don't follow any of this nonsense that they put out anyway, because the the tiers and all that stuff. I mean, the poor English have had to put up with these tiers, you know, tier one, tier two, three, four, five, six, seven, a a gazillion, whatever in the hell. All that is, is it's a system to make you think that they have some type of organization about what they're doing. That's all that is. These people don't have a, a damn clue about what they're doing. From the start of this thing, they've had no clue about what they're doing. These people, these governments... These Western governments, the French, the Dutch, the Italians, the Germans, the Spanish, the, the Portuguese, the English, all of it, the Scots, the, the Irish, the Southern Irish, all of it. You're all being told what to do. You don't have leaders. You have followers. All of us have followers. We don't have people leading us. If we had leaders, then we wouldn't be in this mess. We would be finding a way out of this. Everything would have stopped after 14 days to flatten the curve. You remember that? Does anybody even remember that, remember that at this point? 14 days to flatten the curve? This is the longest 14 days I've ever seen. It is. And speaking of that, we're joined by uh, GP. GP, how you doing? Wasn't expecting you. Oh, today, I am fantastic. Nice to see you coming in here. Mm-hmm. How are things in Los Angeles? You're wearing a coat. I'm confused. You're in California <laughs> and you're wearing a coat. How does this work? <laughs> well... I uh, just actually I just came in, logged on, went to show my face in there, see what you guys were doing, and now I'm trapped, and I still have a coat on. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Is it what? Is it below seventy degrees there? Is that, is that the reason? I know it's freezing. I know it's like sixty eight. It is <laughs> 68, unreal. Sixty eight. He says. <laughs> yeah. 
I it's like uh, five degrees here, and you're telling me it's freezing there. I mean, that's 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 like, that's one step higher than permafrost, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for all those for all those that are listening, you know, GP came over to uh, to where I am, and I told him last year. I said, when you come over here, I said you make sure you bring a coat. And he says, oh yeah, okay. I said, no, I'm serious. You bring a coat, or you will freeze. And so he shows up with like this paper thin leather jacket. Wasn't paper thin. It wasn't leather. Okay, maybe it was. But it wasn't paper thin. <laughs> uh-huh. And he's freezing and he's like, where can I buy some gloves? <laughs> yes, the gloves. Like, I, oh, my yeah. gosh. The coat I actually wore was the coat I wear in Japan. So. Oh, I see. I figured right. Japan, you know, I'm up towards Mount Fuji quite a bit. And I, I mm-hmm. was fine for there. I just wasn't expecting the six directions of wind that Germany possesses. Yeah, there is that. All right. We were yeah. just talking about what was going on or what's going on in the uh, the Netherlands. Uh, the Dutch riots have hit off for a third night, anti-curfew riots. And mm. they are being defined as anti-lockdown protests, but some opportunists have jumped in there and they're now torching the city and uh, burning property and smashing out things and looting and and all the rest of it, uh, stealing police cars. Peaceful though, right? It's peaceful. Oh, most, it's mostly, mostly peaceful. Yes, yeah, it's, okay, it's mostly, mostly peaceful. Just making sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, no, the me- you can't you can't label it mostly peaceful because this is more right leaning. You see, so you can't label oh. it mostly peaceful. Oh, then so it did. Yeah. Well, there's a good thing to oh, this. Shoot. Hold on. There's a good thing about this. There's a good thing about this. The good thing about this is that the police are basically they're overwhelmed by these rioters. OK, and, and these are people that are not out there protesting. They're not out there protesting the lockdowns. They're not out there protesting the curfews. We're not talking about those people. We're talking about the ones that are out there specifically doing property damage and burning things. OK, that's not a protest. That right there, that's not a protest. If you're going to go out and you're going to protest something, absolutely. That's very European. It's very American to go out there and protest something like that. But don't go out there and do property damage like this. And that's what these people are doing. So the community has actually stepped up in a lot of these cities. Uh, And so like Rotterdam, for example, that's where one of them has actually, uh, that's where one of them's kicked off. You've also got social unrest in metro areas like Hague, Harlem, uh, Almelo. Sorry if I get some of these wrong. uh, Galene. Uh, Helmand, Breda, and Tilburg. So some of these areas, what's happening in these areas, the community is actually coming out and they're assisting the police in stopping this violence and stopping this property destruction. And that, that to me is a fantastic thing. You've got to have something like that because the police can't deal with all this. They can't be expected to deal with all this. They're stealing the police cars and driving off with them. So the local community has come out and they've dressed up Where in, their, is in the Netherlands, uh, in, in Holland. They've given me... Give me. Two seconds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have a photo of the riders? I got photos and videos. Give me, give me a quick, uh, shoot me a largest group photo. I'm just you know, doing it for comparison. They're dressed in all black GP and they've got black mm-hmm. face masks. So I'm looking for, but I'm also looking for other things too. Well, that's, that's what they are. Um, Any vests? No, no vests. The the vests that I'm seeing, the ones, uh, there are people wearing vests. The vests that I'm seeing are the community mm-hmm. members. They're wearing orange high visibility jazz, uh, vests. Okay. Sorry. Orange ones. Okay. Yes. Because I remember I was over there at the France, the one that was going on. Yeah. They kicked off over in Paris. Yeah. And the yellow the vests one where back. they staged it. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're back. And here's, here's what's interesting. I can't believe it. The news guy's hiding behind one of these vehicles. They're all parked there and they're keeping everybody all the uh-huh. riders in this one little area and they're like everyone's organized and they're keeping This is when you were in, in Paris March. last year. Yeah, so I was in Paris uh-huh. or a year before, but yeah. And uh 2019. And then, <laughs> 
Oh God, was it funny? I remember organized, you calling organized it. writing, organized, yeah. and the news people would come up and they would do the little pose. Oh my God, I was dying. I remember I you dying. calling. I, I remember you calling and you're like, "What are they saying about the yellow vests on TV?" And I told you, and you're yeah, like, yeah. "Yeah, that's not what's going on. That's not what's going on. We need to get this right." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> Yeah, I'm here right now. That's why I love doing. I love going to these places where they're like, oh, yeah, it's burning down. Let me go check. I'll be out there. Oh, okay, it's not. All right. Well, the the, uh, robberies are going on, though, outside of Paris are really bad, though. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Wait, wait, wait. So you're implying that they're lying to us? No, they're just reiterating a variation of truth. Fair enough. So what's going on in the Netherlands right now is kind of the opposite of that. The ones that are out there assisting the police are the ones dressed up. They're not in yellow vests. They're in orange vests, mm-hmm. but they're the ones to be, to be identified. Those are the community people that are standing with the police so they can figure out who's who. Mm-hmm. Because the ones that are out there rioting are dressed in all black and, you know, face masks and all the rest of it. Funny how everybody has to mask up during all of this time. Huh. Then you can never tell who's who, can you? Or is it just a license for people because they they get to wear a mask that they're not afraid to go out there and cause destruction? Well, I think it's a little of both. Honestly, I think it's a little of both. That's a good point you make. But uh, yeah, that's that's what's going on. Speaking of what was going on in France, since you brought that up with the yellow vest, there was a protest yesterday in France. And I saw some video of this where back in Paris. Yeah, in Paris, where students, the, the students, <sighs> so bad for them. the Parisians yeah, the uni- are suffering. The, they are. They are. They really are. University of Paris students came out mm-hmm. and they want the university won't open so they can go back mm. to the university and the students want to go back. They want to go back. They're tired of this. They're tired of this. They want to be back in the classroom. They want to get their education and they're not being allowed to. So the student body in Paris yesterday went out to protest. And who do you think showed up and threw down with them? Literally threw down with them. Antifa. Shut the front door. Oh, dead serious. I'm sick of the, I don't know. What's the deal with the violence? What's the deal of, of celebrating the violence? Uh, I have the video right here if you want to take a look at it. Yeah, let me let me take. Now you can tell who's who. This looks like a bunch of hooligans. Yeah, but a- all blacks are the Antifa. So these Antifa is going to be over here. Uh-huh. And here's the students. You see Antifa here with the red flags and all black, black block. Yeah. Is that guy going to hit a girl? Probably. They don't care. They're scum. I was also looking to see their, their their movements to see whether they were really youths or they were actors or they were, you know, what, what are they called? It's not insurgents. What's the where the government pays people to go crazy? Asian provocateurs. Yeah, yeah. So I was looking at their movements to see if we've got that going on or if this is, and this is kids. This is this is just downright children. You can see by their, their skipping, hopping, uh, fast movements, not really paying attention when they, they get a little overwhelmed there. You can clearly tell by the video here who's who. Is that Antifa back there with that red banner? Who's got the red banner? That that I can't tell. They were they were staying put, but I'm talking more along <laughs> the ones there that are walking now. Yeah. That are all black. That's Antifa. And this walking down the street would be the ones that are running away, that would be the student body. Yeah, I can see that I can see there's students. There you go. Okay. See these children are basically losing their minds because they're they just want to go back to school. Yeah, That's all. Locked up. It's like we, we got to get these kids back in school. That, I mean, that ha- that has to happen because, look, they've already had a year taken from them. Are these Antifa? Are these really Antifa? Or are these uh, the government stooges, you know, are well, like, I don't. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. You don't know. Or, you, you don't know. But if does it matter? It, yes, I was going to say it doesn't matter. The same. Yeah, it's one and the same in this case. I mean, it's sad when kids are going, hey, I want to go back to school and they get attacked. So the kids are doing the attacking of the kids that don't want to go back to school. 
Well, it's honestly, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But we do know this for a fact. We do know that Antifa recruits in university campuses all around the world. We know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say. I would say that they could be other uh, students from the university. I don't know. But nonetheless, that's what's going on in Paris. Going on in the Netherlands, it's going on in Paris. Of course, what's going on in, in, the, uh, in the Netherlands, we don't know if that's Antifa or not. No idea. Some people are saying it's uh, hordes of uh, uh, immigrants. So, and that's what people are saying about uh, Belgium, too. But that- Well, I was looking at that. I was looking for that, too. See where the I didn't see. The, because you got to uh, identify where it's coming from. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. you, you got to identify. I didn't see the immigrants. From. I didn't see the immigrants in that video. So no, in that one, no, you didn't. No, not not that one. But I'm I'm saying this is what people are saying in uh, in a lot of the reports mm-hmm. that are coming out. That's all I'm reporting on. And that's misinformation too. Then. But you'll be happy to know. You'll be happy to know. Speaking of Antifa, you'll be happy to know. Do, do you remember how Antifa? They're went not out? in space. No, they're not in space. Did you hear about how they attacked the Democratic National Headquarters in Portland? You heard about that, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, the Democratic Party in Oregon blames uh, the Republicans for the Antifa mm-hmm. attack on their headquarters in Portland. Okay, Antifa, I don't think have a side. I think they just look for an excuse. No, they do. Antifa has Money? a side. No, well, no, they, they have Money? a side. No, 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 no. Power, no. fear. Hold no, hold on. Antifa mm-hmm. has a side. They've had a side for 100 years. They've always been on the hard left, always. Now, you could argue in this case that these... Uh, uh, boogaloos, you could argue that they are on the right, couldn't you? If they're supposedly anarcho-capitalist, couldn't you argue mm-hmm. that they're on the far right? You would, yeah, they would. Uh, technically, you could argue they would be far, far right. Okay. You know, so, the right and left definitions have been so skewed. We don't know what anything really is I understand, anymore and that's because what, they've taken over the words. And when you take over the words, you control the population. I know. And that's what we're trying to define here. In this in this context, that's what we're trying to define. So in this case, you have Antifa on the far left and you have the mm-hmm. Boogaloos in the U.S. on the far right. Okay. In this case. Now, here's the thing. These two groups work together. They work with one another because these ones on the far right are supposedly the accelerationists. Is that right, Bruce? You've done some looking well, into them. Yeah, they're anarchists. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, it's no different than the antics that uh, Antifa uses. It's kind of the same thing. It's just their ideas of how things should be run are different. You know, where Antifa is more of your, well, they're communists, right? And then you have the well, that's where they started. Boogaloo who are, are um, well, uh, they're they're the extreme version of capitalism, right? Uh, completely free capitalism, where free market, capital- absolute free market, absolute free market, no government regulation at all. Government is involved in none of it. Like government doesn't exist at all. It's only corporations that that rule. Actually, there would be no corporations because without the government, there's no such thing as a corporation. The Democratic Party, been. yeah, the Democratic Party of Oregon have has released a statement, and they have said that the Republicans are to blame. We want to share an update from our chair, Casey Hansen, about the incident at our office on in Portland on Wednesday. As you may have heard, our office in Portland was severely vandalized only hours after President Joe Biden was sworn in. What began as a day of joy and celebration with the inauguration of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris unfortunately ended with the frustration and d- disappointment as the Democratic Party of Oregon staff rapidly responded to the incident and assessed the damage. Years of relentless Republican attacks on our democratic values and the very foundations of our democracy, we're not a democracy, have not stopped our work. No, see, that's progress, right? And neither will this senseless vandalism. Where were you people back in May? Did they mention at all who funded Antifa by chance? No, I don't think they mentioned any of that, no. Mm. 
Yeah. For those of you that have been listening for a while, you know the answer to that question. The DSA funds Antifa. We covered DSA that. DSA is, yeah, exactly. We did. Uh, Democratic Socialists of America. Which side are they on again? Who 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 are they for again? Oh, that's right. They're left-leaning and they're more... Biden was an acceptable, you know, he can get things done, if you will. He's just a puppet in their eyes to get things done. So a lot of people, they're not though, pro Biden. They're not pro communists. No, they're aren't not pro Biden either. No, they're not. So, they're not because they were, yeah. no, they're, they're just they're Bernie's. The Bernie bros are something different because a lot of Bernie people are feeling disenfranchised after Bernie pulled out. So but Bernie, Bernie left. And a lot well, of I know because Bernie people, made all his money, all his capitalist money preaching socialism. Yeah, but it, which, <laughs> the, the you've seen the memes, right? You've seen the Bernie memes. The new ones. Yeah. I've, yeah. OK, I've, you know, the, you know, the mittens. Too. You know the mittens he's got. Yes. He he was boasting about how great the mittens are and how they were uh-huh. hand knitted and all that stuff. And uh-huh. we in Vermont, we know how to support our local uh-huh. businesses and we know how to you know knit mm-hmm. things and keep warm and all that stuff. And the woman who had the company that made the mittens went out of business because of high taxes. <laughs> you couldn't make it up because people are wanting the mittens now. They want to buy the mittens. Mm-hmm. And the woman who made them said, "Now I'm sorry, I had to go out of business because the taxes up here in Vermont are so damn high. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't keep my business up." <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. That's the point I was trying to make is people are now rolling back publicly on Twitter. You see them rolling back and they're saying how disappointed they are on the left. They're saying how disappointed they are in Biden, in, in everything that he's done so far. Only 17 executive orders already. Uh, 33. No, 33. 23, 33 already? Well, the first week was 17, and the highest the first before day. that was... The first day was 17. First yeah, day. yeah. The f- most, most presidents were at the average of four. I mean... Trump was so one of the highest at... Uh, I'm four. sorry, not... No, four. I'm sorry. No, 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 hold, no, Trump, Trump was at one, Ob- Obama was at five, Bush was at mm-hmm. one, and Clinton was... I think Clinton was zero. Or no, Bush no, was zero. Clinton, Clinton was, was one. one. Bush was yeah. yeah. Bush was zero. Something about cigars and what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Long time on that one. All right, uh, let's get over to uh, let's do New York here. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about New York. All right. So New York's going to open. I know we talked a little bit earlier about uh, Governor Cuomo there. New York's going to open, and this is uh, GP. Do you remember when we covered those uh, before COVID and all that stuff? We covered those roaming wolf packs. You remember those? Mm-hmm. Those oh yeah, hordes and hordes of. People that yeah, would just go around, yeah, yeah. the teens that would go around and just beat people. Yeah, those. 20 of them, 30 of them, yeah. Yeah. New York City mob beats, stomps, and strips and robs a 26-year-old in Manhattan and leaves him naked and bloody on the streets. And there's video of this. What? Uh, this is probably one of the most, and, and I have to be honest with you, this is probably one of the most disturbing attacks I've ever seen. Let me. You got a video? Uh, yeah. GP's just itching for violence. He is, yeah. Yeah. A, well, no, I'm going a, to, uh, I, I was going to make a joke to a buddy of mine because he always posts false narratives. So right. my false narrative was, in celebration of Biden's win, kids run the streets. Nice. <laughs> Did they say it's racist? No. So basically what happened here, uh, a New York City gang beat, stomped on, stripped and robbed a 26 year old in broad daylight. And we just uh, we're just sitting here watching the video of it. Then they left him naked and bleeding in the street. This right here. This is de Blasio's New York. Right. I know we got a lot of New York listeners and, and I've heard that that New York has gotten really bad over the last few years. And believe me, I spent time in New York. Right. I, I spent time working up there in all the boroughs, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Staten Island, Queens, all the rest of it. I worked a lot with the NYPD. A lot with the MTA. 
And you guys have a great, great culture up there. But this, this kind of nonsense wasn't going on when I was up there and it wouldn't have been tolerated. So I don't know what the hell's going on up there. I don't know what, uh, I, I don't know how bad the uh, the mayor has absolutely torpedoed that city, but this right here is unacceptable. That's just ridiculous. I, I'm getting so tired, uh, not tired. I, I'm disappointed in humanities where large, these large groups, and it's not one video, two, three, four, five. We've got tons and hundreds of these videos of large groups of kids, anywhere from five to 30 attacking people, you know, and their punishment is you guys are heroes. That's disturbing. It is. It, it's very disturbing. And that's that's exactly what they're told. And the prosecutor's office, you know, the DA's office, they, they turn a blind eye to it. The police are told not to enforce it. You know, go break in someone's home if they're violating COVID restrictions or uh, opening their restaurant. Go do that. But leave this to be. Yeah, leave this be. Now, th to be fair, the police, the NYPD did put that that video out and they're asking for help in identifying these uh, these gang of. They always put those videos. They'll find the Republican guys in 24 seconds. But these guys they'll never find. Oh, yeah. They're arresting everybody. Right. They're arresting everybody. If you were even at the Capitol, if you were just yes, there, I know. then I know the rest then uh, then they're, uh, they're they're targeting and arresting those people. Let, let me explain something just to speak here real quick on the Capitol riots. Uh, excuse me. The Capitol protest. The people in Congress, they weren't afraid of the ones that came in the building. That's not what it was about. They're afraid of the ones that were standing outside that didn't go in the building. Those are the ones that they were afraid of. Those are the people that the Davos group don't like. That is what scared the hell out of them. Oh, my goodness. There's a million people standing out there and they're peaceful. Oh, we've got to do something about this. And now you see everybody's. I mean, technically, by definition, all three of us sitting here having this conversation, we're by the U.S. government standards, by this decree that they're sitting here talking about putting into effect, we're domestic terrorists. Have you ever heard of anything more ludicrous in your life? Mm -hmm. I have I, I have worked side by side with local, state and federal law enforcement inside the United States in national and international matters before. And you're going to call someone like me a terrorist, an insurgent? Get out of your damn mind. It's amazing how they flipped the script. And, and I remember telling people all those years ago after 9-11, I said when they were demonizing all the all the foreign groups and, and, you know, going after religious groups and things like that, I said, you better be careful. You better be careful because someday they're setting the precedent. Someday they're going to flip that script on you. And you know what? I got told, what do you hate, America? That's what I got told. What do you say now? All you people that told me that back then. All you good veterans back then that told me that, what do you hate America? Well, guess what? Now, supposedly America hates us. So how do you feel? That right there, that right there. You talk about insurgents. You, you talk about insurgents. You're being accused of being an insurgent against your own country. And the people that are the insurgents are the ones that are calling you an insurgent. You see how this is flipped back on itself? Everything's mm -hmm. turned back on itself. All of it. All this is turned back on itself. It's disgusting. You talk about insurrection. You, that, that's what they're calling uh, the capital mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, that was an insurrection. How about how about this? How about we actually do what people want? We want audits. We don't want recounts. We want audits. I want to know all you people up there on the Hill. I want to know as an American voter, as an American taxpayer, as an American citizen born and raised. I want to know how many of you people up there on the Hill are actually elected. That's what I want to know. And I'm just I'm just betting that a lot of you probably aren't even supposed to be there. That's what scares the hell out of these people is actually upending the apple cart, figuring out what's actually going on.
start cracking open the books and figuring out where these people are really supposed to be. They're not supposed to be on that hill. I can almost guarantee it. All right. So let's switch it up here for the uh, for the last remaining uh, bit here. So let's talk about let's talk about parlor. You wanted a little bit of uh, tech talk today. So um, let's uh, let's discuss that. And then let's talk also about uh, Telegram. Uh, Telegram, as we said, is starting to come under fire now. Uh, and it was only a matter of time. Some people are saying that because of what happened with Parler, this has set an awful, awful precedent, which is what we said. You better not allow that. And of course, the uh, the courts, guess what? Oh, they said, yep, that's yeah, that's fine. You know, Amazon can do that. That's no problem. So yeah, and I, I love this because people are told all day long, well, you don't like it, take it to court. Okay, well, when you take it to court, they slam the door in your face and say, yeah, sorry. Uh, there's nothing we can do, but they'll take all your money in the process. What are you supposed to do? You're not really leaving people a whole lot of options here. So, all right, let's get into Parler. What do you want to talk on with uh, with Parler? What do you got? Well, basically, the case was more or less thrown out. Uh, basically, what they said was, well, it's private business, uh, Amazon, um, and they can choose who to do business with and who not to do business with. Ironically, this same circuit court was saying, or basically, that you as a business, I'm going to use the bakers, for example, of the uh, gay wedding cake. Yeah, we, we remember that from a few years back. They were told, you have to bake the cake for this person because whatever precedent they were saying. Basically, they were saying, you're as a business, you have no right to refuse business to whoever you wish, right? Apparently, they found their um, correct stance, if you will, on the Constitution. This this is the thing. I Constitutionally, you know, I don't disagree, technically. Like, it, they are a private business. They can choose what to do what they want. Uh, you know, so constitutionally, I agree. The problem is, is you just set a precedent here a few years back that said, no, as a private business, you can't fire someone for their uh, over First Amendment issues or not fire, but, you know, cancel, if you will, or cancel business with or refuse business with. Um, so essentially, we'll, we'll put it into, you know, apples, apples, right? And basically, it would be the effect of 90% of all the bakeries in the US all got together and said, uh, or we're all Christian bakeries, right? They're 90% of all the bakeries across the US are Christian in this argument, okay? They all got together and said, we're not going to do business with homosexuals. That's effectively what Amazon just said. We're not going to do business with Parler, uh, you know, a, a certain group of people or, or a business. That's effectively what's going on here. And we're supposed to be just okay with it. That, that's supposed to be, yeah, you know, whatever. They're both First, first Amendment issues. So, no, there's another problem we have. If you get any kind of government subsidies for your business, you are no longer a private enterprise and have your own personal freedom to choose who and who does not work on your platform. Agreed. That is and, that is a yeah. law. And that so if you're receiving government subsidies for your business, you are a public business. Therefore, you're using my tax dollars to run your business. You no longer have a decision in who does and does not operate or how you operate. You have now you have lost that control. You are now a public entity, a, pri a public platform. Now, if a person is breaking laws, of course, absolutely go, go to the fullest extent of the law to, you know, to persecute or prosecute these people. But if it's not illegal and you're a public platform, you do not have the right to decide who does and who does not get to use your, your, uh, your platform. So in, in this, it, it, there, there are First Amendment issues here, right? The first analogy I was using with the, the bakery situation, that is actually a First Amendment issue, right? The, the whole argument was over religion. They weren't denying business to homosexuals. They were denying business 
to homosexuals that were wanting a wedding cake. There's a, a distinction there, but it doesn't matter. With private business, constitutional right, First Amendment, you know, all that fun stuff, whatever. Amazon in this argument is banning them for parlor, essentially not regulating free speech like Amazon wants. And we're supposed to just be okay with it. Technically, the, the you have no, in this situation, there's no constitutional precedent, if you will. Parler can't make an argument, a, a very good argument, uh, saying they, they had some kind of violation of their constitutional rights as a business, whereas the bakery did. So the fact that the bakery wasn't able to stay in business effectively, why are they changing stances all of a sudden on this one that has no constitutional precedent like the bakery? So- uh, well, and I, I agree with GP as well. As far yeah, as the- but yeah, but here's the thing though about your about your constitutional precedent. Again, we're making reference back to the Constitution. These people don't give a damn about that. They don't care. They don't care. I, I'm inclined to agree with you. In fact, I agree with you 110 percent on it. But the fact is, is these companies and the people that run them, they don't give a damn about the constitutional rights of people. They've made that pretty clear. We can sit here and we can argue constitution this and constitution that all day long, but they're not following it. They're not going to follow it. So we can talk about, well, you can go to court and you can argue this and you can argue that. But it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. They tell you all day long to take it to the court system, but they own the court system. Yeah. So uh, what what's the point? You're not leaving. Uh, as I said, you're not leaving people a whole lot of options here. No, no, you're not. I mean, now this is effectively what they're telling us as conservatives. We have to have our own banking system. We have to have our own server, you know, like the the internet backbone. We have to have our own uh, credit card processing system. We have to have our own social media. We have to have our own currency. We have to have our own everything. We have to have a second economy running in this nation, basically, is what they're telling us with all this. So, gee, I wonder which uh, one. I'll tell you what. Which one do you think would be stronger? Well, right off the bat, uh, the left has an advantage because they have all the infrastructure already in place. Mm-hmm. You would have to. You, yeah. That, yeah. This is OK. So I actually there's an argument here and I actually agree with this. And I don't like government regulation or u- utility stuff or any of that kind of thing. Making the physical Internet connections like the, the physical fiber optics and cable and all that, making that a utility so that companies can't bar you from using it. I know yeah, but, I don't like it, but at the same I don't time, like it. it's kind of like that's what it yeah. is at this it, point. That's that's what yeah, that, that's what it is. But I understand. But here's the problem: you make it a utility, then the government runs it, and then we see which side they're on. They don't give a damn about people's rights. The year 2020, you can argue about it, you know, seven different ways. But in the manners of not just the United States, but all Western nations, all Western nations, by democratic rule of foreign by the people, supposedly, tell me that the year 2020 wasn't the worst year for human and civil rights since slavery. Tell me. We weren't in forced work camps yet. No, that's 2021, GP. I mean, some of us were, technically. <laughs> no, they were released from prison. But you get what I'm well, saying. Is is th- if you give them control over that system, then they're just going to turn it off. And I have, think you guys try, could- ever tr- have you guys ever tried to get off the grid in a residential home? You don't. You can't. Well, I mean... Technically, you can. It's no, just- you can't. All right. Well, hold on a second. Before we drift too far off here, we're, we're, we, we, yeah, need yeah. To stick, we need to stay on topic here. Oh, so, stay on topic. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. B- Didn't before, mean to we, before we drift here, right? So now now Telegram is coming under fire. There's a lawsuit that's now been uh, thrown at Google to drop Telegram from the App Store just one week after Apple was targeted the same way. So California court has been asked to force Google to remove Telegram from its Play Store over claims that the Messenger app is used to incite violence. 
Of course. See, everything they don't agree with. Any, see, they have to shut down any, oppos- any possible opposition. See, this is how it works. This is how it works. Whenever you have extremism coming from one side or the other, doesn't matter. They always have to shut down any opposition or possible opposition. So everything has to go that they don't control. You see how this works? The legal challenge mirrors a similar suit brought against Apple, filed by Mark Ginsburg, a former U.S. ambassador to Morocco. The lawsuit claims that the popular app is used to spread violence, extremism, and anti-Semitism. Ginsburg's nonprofit Coalition for a Safer Web was also listed as a plaintiff. Safer Web, yeah. See, the internet now has to be a safe space. Has to be a safe space, you see. Uh, The complaint notes that Google suspended Parler, a Twitter-like conservative microblogging site from its app store due to some users expressing support for the violence that rocked the Capitol on, Ge- on January 6th. According to Ginsburg, Telegram should receive the same treatment. Why? Why? Here, here's the thing. Google stepped in and said, and Apple did too, they stepped in and said, well, you need to regulate your platform uh, and you need to monitor it. Well, you're essentially, you're the monopoly stepping in telling another company who's a possible competitor how they should and shouldn't run their business. That's what you're doing. And this is why Telegram's under attack. This is why Minds is now under attack. Minds is, let me explain what Minds is. Minds is another social networking thing. But what that is, if somebody posts something, okay, th- these people act like there's nothing that's been reported, right? You, you have report options. If you don't like something, report it. That's how this works, okay? It's not, oh, well, I don't like what they're saying. Let's remove them. No, no. I don't like what they're saying. They need to shut up. No, you report that. And if it violates that company's terms of service, then the company will step in and remove it. That's how these things work. That's what it is. That's a non-legal process, but that's the company's way of doing business. And that's how they do it. That's what Parler does, or did, rather. If somebody would post something that was against their terms of service, someone would report it. The mods, the admins, whatever you want to call them, would look at it, and they would remove the content or ban the account. That's how it would work. If it, if it violated the law... Or right. their standards. Yeah. Right. If it violated their TOS or, or law or whatever, then yes, it would come down. And that's how it works. And you can't duplicate accounts on platforms like Parler and Telegram. You can't duplicate them. Once your account's gone, it's gone. That's it. It's not like Twitter where you can go back and, and make 15 accounts in an hour. You can't do that. You could. It just takes a little. little yeah, you have to go. You got to go through. Yeah, a, yeah. you got to go through a, a really, you know, you got to go spend some money to do it, too. But nonetheless, this is another thing. OK, so Telegram now does this. OK, so Telegram, they have a reporting system. If there's something that's on one of these channels that you don't like, then you report it. If you think that it's extremist or violent or whatever, then you report it. The admins and the mods come in and they look at it. And if they find that it's in violation of their terms of service or it's against the law, they remove the content, they will delete the channel and they will delete the person that has the channel. That's the end of it. And that's that's a perfectly acceptable business practice. But the problem is, is that they want it all shut down. They want it all. See, when Amazon stepped in and they removed Parler, oh, they love that. They love that. They thought, okay, here's a platform with however many tens of millions of people on it, hundreds of millions, because it was, think about this, think about this, because it wasn't just the Americans that you banned there. No, 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 no. You banned Americans, you banned Germans, you banned Dutch, you banned British, you banned Portuguese. Oh yeah, you banned Brazilians, all the rest of it. That's what you did. You banned Italians. You had all of them on there. There were people from all over the world on there. You didn't just delete Americans. You deleted international people too. 
people that believed in in what the American populist movement was about. That's what you deleted. And what do you think that's going to do? You think that's going to somehow de-incentivize people? You think that's going to demoralize people? All that's going to do is piss them off. So I think that's going to backfire. If you are an Apple user, if you're an Apple, if you're an iPhone person, I would highly recommend as soon as humanly possible, go get Telegram because you cannot add applications to that device unless it's jailbroken. You can't do it. You can't do it manually. You have to do it through their stores. Android, for the time being, you can still get around it. You can still download the APKs and you can install it and that's the end of it. So you can go directly to them. Telegram said they will make that available. And also Telegram's working on another way to, to stay online as well. You will be able, they're working on a mobile version specifically to operate inside of a web browser, a mobile web browser at that. So you'll be able to log into your account that way and you can use any web browser that's out there. So what are you going to do now? You're going to ban all the web browsers? Is that what you're going to do? I wouldn't put it past them. That's the kind of attitude we're dealing with here. It's a bunch of adult children that want their way, and they don't want anybody else to have their way. That's what it is. That's what it is. Google has not taken any action against Telegram comparable to the action it has taken against Parler to compel Telegram to improve its content moderation policies. I just told you what they were. What more do you want? Ginsburg and the Coalition for a Safer Web filed a similar complaint last week against Apple. Oh, it's the same group. Which, like Google had scrubbed Parler from its app store following the unrest in the Capitol. How about you actually call out the platform that was responsible for the organization of that in the first place? Oh, is that too close to home for you? That's because it was Facebook. That's why. Facebook is seeing a massive exodus from their platform. So is Twitter. We're going to talk about Twitter here in just a second. Twitter's seeing a mass exodus from their platforms as well because of what's happened, because of what you've done. You, do, you have, do you tech companies, and I, I've heard that maybe it's Dorsey that's being leaned on by somebody, but nobody knows who. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've heard that. So it's hard to say. Or he could. Me personally, I think that Dorsey is so insane. He's created this this world around him and he's he's developed this godlike complex. That's just my opinion. And and now he's stuck in this this echo chamber of this world that he's created. And now he thinks he's some kind of a, you know, a, an overlord of something. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's just that, that's the way these people get sometimes when they get in those positions. The legal challenges are part of the Coalition for a Safer Web's stated mission of limiting extremist access to the inter, to Internet infrastructure. Well, what's an extremist? Apparently, by far leftist decrees, I'm an extremist. GP's an extremist. Bruce is an extremist. All of our UK guys, they're all extremists. I know. Extreme sports. Extreme sports. <laughs> <laughs> that's about as extreme as I get. Yeah. Yeah. And they're also advocating for the expeditious removal of extremist and terrorist incitement and instruction content from social media platforms. Why does Antifa still have an account? They're still a public group, right? Now, you ban the more crazy ones. You ban the revolutionary abolitionist movement from Twitter, right? Do you know who else was banned from Twitter just the other day, Bruce? Actually, it was just yesterday. Just yesterday. Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah been banned. I've seen that. Yeah, he got banned. You know, oh, Mike Lindell. He's a crazy he's, radical, though. He's a crazy I mean, radical terrorist. I mean, you, you got to get rid of people like that. I mean, I understand. Yeah, they shouldn't have a so, voice. Yeah, of course not. No. All right. Twitter. We'll talk about Twitter here for a couple of minutes. Twitter. They've put a new feature in, right? As if the, the, the features they had weren't enough of an echo chamber. Listen to this. Twitter encourages users to snitch on each other with a bird watch feature. Oh, my. How the mighty have fallen. They're turning on their own. Social media giant Twitter has announced a new feature called Birdwatch, which aims to encourage users to police and flag each other's tweets if they believe they spread misinformation. The company claims it wants to... Misinformation, yes. The company claims it wants to broaden the range of voices 
fighting against misinformation, but the feature has the potential to devolve into flagging wars between different factions of users. Oh, yes. See, you're never revolutionary enough. You're never part of the revolution. See, comrade, you're not as extreme as you need to be. So we're going to have to shut you down. That's what it is. You want to talk about uh, using those kind of tools, shall we say, to uh, create faction wars? Look at uh, Child Protective Services. Let's say um, you're a family member and you have a beef with, I don't know, your kid or your cousin or whatever, and you happen to call the police on them for mistreating their kids. You can get like you can lie about that kind of stuff and get their kids taken away. It's pretty brutal. And it happens a lot. It's really if people are willing to go that to that level when it comes to kids, what do you think they're going to do on social media on a in the digital world where they think they still think the digital world does not matter? A lot of the boomer generation doesn't realize that the digital world and the physical world are now like intertwined. They're the, they're not the same in the sense of uh, you can physically touch the digital world, but everything that happens in the digital world can have an effect on the physical world and vice versa. Well, the, see, that's what it's, that's what it boils down to is when they create a, a world that's run by technocrats, which is what this has become, when, when they create that world, you have to have, you still have to have the old 20th century model when it comes to this under a totalitarian rule. You still have to have a snitch society. You still have to have that. So they're creating that in the physical world, like you're talking about, with COVID. That's what they're doing with COVID. They're creating that. So just like we talked about earlier in the beginning with a baby shower that was raided because a neighbor called that was concerned about an illegal gathering. Yeah, that person right there. I don't know how people like that sleep at night. That woman ought to be ashamed of herself or man or whoever in the hell it was that called. How dare you? Yeah, whatever. Well, I don't care. That's a disgusting human being that did that. That's what they are. Yeah, and I would tell them that to their face. Of course, I'm sure I wouldn't be allowed to talk to them if I didn't have a mask on. I'm sure this is the kind of person. Th- these people are the kind of idiots. They're the special kind of idiots that wear a mask alone in their house. Okay, those are the ones, or probably wear one to sleep in. So you also have to create the digital snitch society, don't you? And that's what Twitter's doing. They're setting that precedent. Facebook, I think, will. I mean, if they haven't already done it, Twitter seems to be uh, to, to to be doing this at the moment. They say that they say they stated in their blog post that they want to apply labels and context to tweets, but doesn't want to limit efforts to circumstances where something breaks our rules or receives widespread public attention. The company also said it wants to broaden the range of voices that are tackling misinformation. Mm-hmm. See. You snitch on somebody and your your information turns out to be good. Well, you'll be given some treats. You'll be given some uh, some special privileges. Yeah. See, that's how it always works in those societies, too, in snitch societies. If you just if you give us good information, if your information's found out to be good, well, then you're going to get some special privileges. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You people, you sick individuals that buy into this, you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. I'll bet you dumbasses have never cracked open a single book in your entire lives. Birdwatch allows people to identify information in tweets they believe is misleading. They believe. Yeah. And write notes that provide informative context. So see, they can correct it. They they can correct it. We believe this approach has the potential to respond quickly when misleading information spreads, adding context that people trust and find valuable. Eventually, we aim to make notes visible directly on tweets for the global Twitter audience when there's a consensus from a broad and diverse set of contributors. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Are those people going to be based on merits or identities? I'll bet it's the latter. In the first phase of this pilot, notes will only be visible on a separate birdwatch site. 
On this site, pilot participants can also rate the helpfulness of notes added by other contributors. Those notes are being intentionally kept separate from Twitter for now, while we build the bird watch and gain confidence that it produces context people find helpful and appropriate. Additionally, notes will have an effect on the way people see tweets and our system recommendations. You know something? Marty was talking about the world in 2030. And when we were discussing last week about the prediction of a possible future of how 2030 might be, when he was giving his assessment on it, he was saying how boring and miserable you must be to live in a society like that. And that's what it is here already in real time on Twitter. How boring and miserable must you be to be on a platform that behaves like this and that acts like this? How, how boring and miserable, how much of a hollow existence must you have to take part in that? That's not a place that I want to be, ever. And this is why we never did Twitter. This is why we never did Facebook. This is why you won't find us on social media, because we knew this time was coming. We knew this time would be here. And people were always saying two years ago, three years ago, you've got to get on social media. You've got to get on social media. How's that working out for all those businesses and all those people that built their platforms and put hundreds of thousands of dollars, pounds, euros, whatever, onto these platforms, and now they're banned. That's no place I want to be. So if you're still on these platforms, it's time to pull off those platforms. Do you remember the great reopening, Bruce? We were talking about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guess what? They created a Facebook group that Gavin joined. We had him on two nights ago. Facebook banned the group yesterday. Yeah. So you see where they're at. All right. We're out of time, so we're going to have to go. Again, I would highly recommend uh, to all of our listeners, new and long-lasting, that have not gotten on Telegram, please do, because we are... Yeah, you're going to have to know when to pull back and regroup. And uh, that time seems to be coming. Podcasting is going to be under attack in the coming days. If you join Telegram, you will not only be able to be plugged into information, a flow of information that is more to your liking, maybe, I, I guess, I don't know. But you will also be able to get our podcast while you're over there. We have our own Telegram channel set up. And we're mirroring our podcasts that are going out on these platforms every day. So if you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Pandora, iHeartRadio, any of these, we would highly recommend that you jump over to Telegram. Subscribe to us on Telegram. Cost you nothing. It's all free. Search for us when you get there. You can search for Dynamic Independence. It'll pop right up. Just click join. And you'll be able to get all of our podcasts that we send out normally. And you will also get an exclusive podcast that we're doing once a week uh, without all those pesky terms of service and censors and all the rest of it. So it's kind of funny, actually. Please do give us a follow and join us over on Telegram. Also, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. Especially, we're extending a special invitation to those of you who are small business owners in the UK specifically, or any other Western nation that is in the process of getting on board, getting on board with this great reopening. Please do reach out to us and come on here and, and uh, sit down with us and talk to us about you, your business, uh, and what you're hoping to accomplish in this coming week with this great reopening. We would love to hear from you. So uh, please do reach out to us. We would highly encourage you to do so. To do so. We're extending priority, especially to you uh, in the UK. Uh, and you will be welcome here. We have a very diverse conversation. We have a very diverse panel of people. And uh, I, I like to think that we have a, uh, a very cosmopolitan view of things uh, when it comes to um, certain aspects. And so your, your viewpoints and your opinions will be welcome here and respected. Uh, we can assure you of that. Uh, also, we would ask you to recommend us to friends and family and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, but we need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass us along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're a rating podcast, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform you listen to us on that has a rating system and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce and GP, thanks for being here tonight. That'll do it for this evening. Thank you to all the listeners, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.